listening to Weird Distractions Podcast, a podcast that chats true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, a little bit of this and a little bit of that every week to provide you a distraction from everyday life. I'm one of your hosts, Alex, and I'm joined by my other host, Christy. And this week we're back talking spooky, ooky, paranormal. Ooh, ah, we need a soundboard really badly. We <laughs> <laughs> do better, yes better but you know what fuck it we're going live we're just gonna keep rolling this uh but yes episode 80 we are back talking paranormal and a very notorious one might i add as always though before we dive in we have to ask each other a couple questions first and foremost being christy what is your need for a distraction i need this distraction right now to kind of mellow me out to prepare for my shift this today because i've worked all weekend we're recording this on the long weekend and I'm hella stressed because it's super busy and doctors don't know how to do stuff and they're ordering so much and I just need to prepare for my shift. So this is me chilling out. Alex, how about you? I am going to say the same because this week being a short week. So yes, this episode comes out on October 17th where we're actually recording this on the 11th and it is going to be a very busy week. I've got a baby shower. I've got work. I've got a dentist appointment. I've got everything and anything that an adult absolutely loathes and that adult is is me and I, I hate everything. So I just need a distraction from the busyness <laughs> of life and the fact that I haven't been able to sit down and actually watch a Halloween related movie since the beginning of October. It's a travesty at this point. What an atrocity for you. I know. I'm very, very sad. But what's going to turn this sadness around and give us a little serotonin, if you know what I mean, because we, we both the story. Yeah, is this is this week's story. So this week's paranormal distraction is one of the most notorious and most discussed haunted locations in the US of A. This location was a fellow podcaster suggestion to cover. So quick shout out to Hillary from the complicit podcast, whose promo you will hear in today's episode. Located at 525 South Winchester Boulevard in San Jose, California, the Winchester Mystery House boasts not only many confusing and extravagant rooms, but apparently ties to the paranormal world, which has baffled many for years. As always, before we dive into the haunts, we will have to chat about the history of this location. Because this is a well-discussed location, I will note that there may be some bits and pieces I've missed along the way in terms of the information, but... You know, there's there's a lot out there in terms of information. We're not the first podcast to cover the Winchester Mystery House, and we will not be the last. So if there is anything I'm missing, please know that I try to cram as much information as possible within a reasonable time frame to actually present the information. I have a question. Did you actually enjoy this movie? I, ooh, mm, you know what? The Winchester movie, which for those who don't know, came out in, I think 2018. I forced my boyfriend Tanner to go watch it with me. And it was one of those that, af- one of those situations where after we walked out of the movie theater and he kind of looked at me and was like, you, you wanted to watch that movie. Just, just so we're clear. You picked this movie. I was so disappointed. Same. I don't know. There was something missing. But I mean, Helen Mirren, I, I feel like I'm going to butcher her name. But the main, the, the actor who played Sarah Winchester, who we will discuss today, obviously. She, I think she did a phenomenal job. But there was just pieces missing in the story. And I don't know what. It just felt incomplete yeah like i need some more something i wanted that movie but i wanted some more of some vibes from like what's i forgot the, like the wording of it but like haunting a hill house type scary oh, house vibes okay. back into that yes. because like i'm just missing something from it 
Yeah, there was just something missing. But I will say what I'm going to add to today's episode is a trigger warning um, as I'm going to be and we're going to be discussing aspects of grief involving loss of a child and a spouse. So before you proceed further, please note that this is your big old stop sign that says listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. Yes. So let's get into the history. Before we actually get a chance to talk about the house, we have to talk about the Winchesters in general. And no, I'm not referencing the fictional Winchester family from Supernatural. Not today. Not not today. Our first main character was Sarah Lockwood Pardee, who was born sometime in 1839 in New Haven, Connecticut. Connecticut is also a very haunted state. We will probably talk about Connecticut at some point in the show, but... It's super haunted. Let me guess, it's one of your many lists of places you want to go to. Many, many. Essentially every state in the United States I want to go to, except for Florida. There's nothing really tying me there right now. So, sorry, Florida. Fair, fair, fair. Sorry, Florida. Anyways, some accounts claim that Sarah was born in 1840. It kind of seems to vary depending on what source you look into. I'm not going to dive deeply into Sarah's childhood too much, but here are some quick facts I was able to find out just so we have a better picture of who she was. So Sarah was born into an upper middle class family where her father, Leonard, was a carriage manufacturer. She was one of several children and Sarah reportedly knew four different languages, Latin, French, Spanish, and Italian. And then of course, English, which I know I struggle with. So she's already got me beat. Yeah, I wish I could know some more languages. I took some in school, but then they kind of went and gone. Yeah, it's... It's one of those things where I wish I was able to retain new language information as well as I'm able to retain information about, you know, all the weird shit we talk about. If I could just spit some different languages as well as I spit different paranormal locations, histories, this, that, and the other, I think I'd be a really smart person. <laughs> You'd be oh so fluent. Exactly. Uh, and at one point, going back to Sarah, she apparently attended the Young Ladies Institute at Yale College. So she was a very, she was smart. She was not a, I mean, she was definitely not a dumb lady. She was a very smart cookie. Uh, jumping to September 30th, 1862, when Sarah was about 23, 24, she would go on to marry William Wirt Winchester, aka our second main character. Then 25-year-old William came from a very wealthy family, and according to reports, Sarah's parents were pleased with this setup. I think mine would be too. <laughs> I don't think that is a weird kind of conclusion to come up with. Like, I'm gonna call myself a gold digger but if i found a very wealthy husband i would be mad about it exactly doesn't make you a gold digger just means that uh you get lucky sometimes right <laughs> you, won, you won the lottery in other ways exactly uh so william's father oliver winchester created what we now know as the winchester repeating arms company a rifle company that has been around for over 155 years, although it is now owned by the Olin Corporation. The rifles were reportedly popular around the time that Sarah and William got hitched, so it may be no surprise that money just kind of kept rolling in. And for those who don't know much about rifles or this, that, and the other, you're on the same boat as me, everybody, because I know diddly squat about guns other than not to touch them unless you have a license to carry or own or possess like me because i have my hunting license but i also still never go out <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we're not going to get into the whole gun thing because it's 
we could go another discussion we're not gonna touch it yeah i will say the winchester rifles the most common theme i saw when doing the research was that they were known as the rifles or the guns that won the west so they were very popular they were very yeah they're just very popular they were the regina george of the gun society I'm pretty sure that's what my rifle is, to be honest. Really? Oh my I think so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at you. Little 243. Oh, my God. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> you are- hey, moving on. Are you speaking a foreign language? <laughs> Anyways, yes, we'll move on. So on the outside looking in, it sounds as though these two were destined for privileged bliss, being Sarah and William. However, those that know the story know that this isn't exactly the case. So William and Sarah would give birth to a daughter, Annie Party Winchester, in New Haven on June 15th, 1866. According to the Find a Grave website, Annie would only live about one month before passing away on July 24th, 1866. Essentially, she did not she did not make it to a year which is devastating uh referencing the website the truth about sarah winchester by richard allen wagner annie unfortunately died due to a severe form of what's now known as malnutrition due to the body's inability to metabolize proteins also referred to as marasmus m-a-r-a-s-m-u-s apologize in advance if i'm pronouncing that wrong but Unfortunately, Annie did not make it. That's really sad. Yeah, it's absolutely devastating. I couldn't imagine. And unfortunately, Sarah and William were not going to have another child, and the grief train wasn't stopping anytime soon. So William's father, Oliver, passed away on December 10th, 1880, which meant that the entire company's earnings and responsibilities and just all of the everything every aspect of it went to William who unfortunately then he would go on and pass away a year later due to tuberculosis also known as TB in 1881 William was only 43 years old supposedly when he passed away so he wasn't I mean he was still pretty young oh yeah very very young and like to his father to pass away all that company dumped on him would be a little stressful (laughs) now that he's passed away again dumped on Zara it's like Mm -hmm. okay Yep. So this meant that the Winchester inheritance of approximately 20 million plus a 50% stock in the Winchester arms would go directly to Sarah. Cause I'm assuming Oliver's wife also had passed away at some point. Well, I'm sure in a big company like that, that there's lots of shareholders too. Like, Oh yeah. People kind of, I think helping out too. As far as my understanding and referencing the website by Richard Allen Wagner, again, Sarah would earn approximately $1,000 a day and royalties for the rest of her life in the Winchester Arms stock alone, which $1,000 from the 1880s is equivalent to, you ready for this? $26,820.29 in 2021. Homegirls were getting 20 grand a day. 20 grand a day. A day. (laughs) Yeah, let's trade lives, please. Yeah, you know what I get in a day? Trade incomes, please, as well. Re- yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Trade incomes. Um, yeah, in a day, I get just more sad and depressed. So I would love to be in Sarah's <laughs> situation. I mean, Sarah's financial situation, not the trauma and grief situation. <laughs> and yeah, we, we had to watch the wording there. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Sarah obviously became one of the wealthiest women known in that time period. However, the price she had to pay for this achievement was ghastly. Now, some reports claim that Sarah was big into spiritualism. And her friends that knew about it suggested that she go to see, well, 
renowned medium Adam Coons. Maybe as a way to kind of deal with the grief. I mean, I know a lot of people even today will go and see a medium or some form of spiritualist to try and connect with a loved one after they pass. So this isn't like an uncommon theme, especially in the 1800s. So Sarah goes to Boston in which the story supposedly goes, according to the All That's Interesting article, that Sarah was told that she was supposedly cursed by all of the victims of the Winchester rifles. Now she was cursed by every single death. Very unfortunate. You're thinking you have a bad day? <laughs> Could you imagine just being told, hey, by the way, now you're cursed? So I should get building a house so big. So I kind of fill all the rooms with all those people trying to haunt her. Well, and that's what we're actually segueing into. So thank you. Smart cookie you are. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, essentially all the people that died because of the Winchester rifle were now cursing Sarah. The only way, according to the medium, that Sarah would be able to perhaps get on these spirits good side or essentially avoid being killed by said spirits was if she moved out west and built a house for the lost souls. Sarah, dealing with grief of her daughter, husband, and father-in-law, probably empathetically possessed the guilt of those that had died by the rifles that made her extremely wealthy. So she did what was suggested to do. In 1884, Sarah decided to purchase an 100-acre property in the San Francisco Bay Area, specifically the Santa Clarita Valley, which is now San Jose. According to reports, there was an unfinished eight-room farmhouse on the property already. However, instead of maybe demolishing it and building knew, she decided to build directly onto it and around it. Now, for all of us, eight rooms probably sounds like a lot of space. I mean, I'm getting overwhelmed with the thought of eight bedrooms. However, when I'm about to tell you what came out of this quote-unquote eight-bedroom farmhouse, it's going to blow your mind completely. I'm getting prepared for mind-blowing facts. According to the Winchester Mystery House website, that previous eight-room farmhouse turned into a house possessing the following. A total square footage of 24,000 square feet, 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 160 rooms, 52 skylights, 47 stairways and fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, in which there is a rumor that only one of them was functional. <laughs> Which kind of just makes me laugh because you have all these bathrooms and it's like, oh no, you have to go to the one on the east wing. That's the only one that flushes. <laughs> Don't know why that just makes me laugh. Yeah. Sorry. You can make them all functional. So you got that fucking many. I can go wherever I please. Yeah. If you're making $1,000 a day in the 1880s and you can't make all those bathrooms functional, that's bad planning. But regardless, if the bathrooms are kind of setting you awry in this situation there are six kitchens as well so okay all these rooms are making me hella stressed but all this cleaning i'm just thinking about like all that dust she would have, she would have had to hire people because oh that just, that just stresses me out oh yeah construction at the home started in 1886 and it ended in 1922 what has always baffled folks when visiting or hearing about the winchester house is the overall mystery that seems to kind of breed in the home i think this is probably where a lot of local lore has come in especially when people were able to visit the home later on in terms of local lore or the lore that is shared far and wide here are some of the aspects of it which make up the overall mysterious story of this home so supposedly Sarah was told by Adam Coons that if instruction of the home ever sees, the spirits would find her and seek revenge. Another aspect was the home was to be made in such a way that spirits would get confused and not harm her or those around her. So kind of, 
I don't know if people listening or even you, Chris, remember um, or have seen pictures of inside the house, but it's kind of a maze. Like it, it's very, it, there are there's parts of the home that are very confusing and don't make sense. So some people believe that this was done so that the quote unquote spirits would get confused and then just stop chasing her around, basically. I picture a very Scooby-Doo-esque situation. Well, if you're trying to avoid some ghosts for haunting you for life and you're building this house specifically for that, I would be fair to build a maze so that they can kind of, she can go hide in a corner eventually. However, some aspects of the lore claimed that the spirits supposedly told Sarah how they wanted the home built, which I know when I watched the BuzzFeed Unsolved video, the boys, Ryan and Shane, kind of pointed that this is kind of like a bit of a contradiction because realistically, if the spirits are telling Sarah every single night how they want the house to be built, why would then she like why would she then build it in such a way that she's trying to lose the spirits doesn't really make sense to me or in a backwards turn of events it could be that the ghosts are telling her how to or spirits i should say telling her how to do it and then she's thinking she can hide from them but really it's to confuse her Mm -hmm. so that she gets hidden within spaces and lost in her own house I see what you mean. I see. So she's trying to pull a quick one on the old ghosties. Well, she thinks she is, but they're pulling one on her, maybe. It just seems like a very complicated relationship that she has with the ghosts. I'm not going to lie. It's it doesn't just, seem very mutual. No. not It's not very honest. And you know what? Honest relationships are what make the relationship work. Spin therapy facts over yeah, here. Therapy Alex. <laughs> So another piece of local lore is that for the remainder of Sarah's life, she was known to only wear black as if to show she was permanently mourning the loss of her loved ones, which I know in the 2018 Winchester movie that was kind of taken into play a lot of the time. Like I think up until the very end, she wore black, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The home was originally built at one point to be seven stories, in which it supposedly had anywhere between 500 and 600 rooms. However, an earthquake in 1906 had damaged the home to a point where it went from seven stories to four stories. And kind of going back to the lore aspect of it a bit, as mentioned earlier, the house is kind of built in a maze-like formation. I'm going to directly quote the Richard Allen Wagner website to explain some of the oddities regarding this challenging maze that I am referencing and had mentioned earlier. Quote, there are rooms within rooms. There is a staircase that leads to nowhere, abruptly halting at the ceiling. In another place, there is a door which opens into a solid wall. Some of the house's 47 chimneys have no overhead ceiling, while in some places there are skylights covered by a roof and some skylights are covered by another skylight. In one place, there is a skylight built into the floor. There are tiny doors being led into large spaces and large doors that lead into very small spaces. In another part of the house, a second-story door opens outward to a sheer drop to the ground. Moreover, upside-down pillars can be found all around the house, end quote. Some people have also pointed out that another oddity of the home is the fact that prime numbers 11, 7, and 13 are repeatedly picked up around the house, with the number 13 being the most seen. What I mean is that that these are the most common numbers of the house inside, such as the number of windows in the rooms or the number of stairs and staircases. Apparently 13 was Sarah's favorite number, so that might be why. It might not just be a creepy thing. It might just be the fact she really likes the number 13. Twinsies, that's my favorite number. You and Sarah must have a lot in common. 
Minus the whole like $1,000 or 26k a day, but I mean... Yeah, it's, it's whatever, it's whatever. So another spooky aspect of the story is the ideation that Sarah would hold nightly seances in a specific room in the house, which apparently she was the only one to possess a key for. During these seances is supposedly when Sarah would get her new blueprints by the spirits, which would be submitted to her construction crew shortly after. This, this and a lot of aspects of this story or this quote local lore have kind of been proven to not be necessarily historically accurate. For example, the whole idea that Sarah met up with this medium named Adam Coons has supposedly been proven as false. Apparently, there is no documentation that Sarah ever knew of Adam Coons and vice versa, and some have a hard time believing that Sarah would still actively access the Winchester Fund if she was possessing that much guilt over those killed by the guns, which to me kind of, I don't know, I mean, when I read that kind of idea or that train of thought I kind of figured to myself well I understand that maybe if she had that much guilt she might try and stop accessing or try and sell off her shares but in the same sense if that's the only way she's making money why would she give all that up unless I I don't know what do you think yeah like if it's her only source of income I understand that you need to still make it like a living of sorts and if like she was trying to help with the mellow out the ghosts and make them content with the living situation she had to use the funds to build the house because that's it was her only income but if, yeah, if she was so distraught for it and that was the idea behind it that she wouldn't use it, okay, maybe she wouldn't use as much because it is a lot of money and she just needs the bare minimum to maybe get by. But it's, it's interesting. I don't quite understand it. Yeah. Regardless, Sarah would eventually pass away herself at the home on September 5th, 1922 due to heart failure. She would be taken back to the Evergreen Cemetery in New Haven to be with Annie and William once again. Another lore surrounding Sarah is that supposedly when the construction crew found out that Sarah had died, they supposedly stopped all construction and left the property as is. I'm not sure if that's ever been proven as fact or fiction. However, that is part of the lore. Well, I would say if they're building it, being paid by Sarah, and then she's dead, they're not getting paid anymore. Why yeah, still building? exactly. Yeah, that's kind of my train of thought, too. It's like, well, <laughs> if I was told that my boss died and I didn't have to do the work for the rest of the day, I wouldn't do work for the rest of the day. Because I'm not guaranteed to get paid no exactly yeah so sarah's niece who was also her secretary supposedly then went on to sell the home in auction the home was eventually sold to local investors john and mamie brown for over one hundred and thirty-five thousand. and by february 1923 the home would be opened up to the public for the first time for local tours according to san jose mercury news article from april 26 1977 the home would be owned and operated by winchester investments llc which is a private company ran by the family members of John and Mamie. On Halloween night of 1924, famous magician Harry Houdini supposedly visited the mansion in order to carry on his infamous debunking of the paranormal. From what I've gathered, essentially, Harry Houdini at one point kind of went on a tour to all these reportedly haunted places all over the world and tried to debunk them because he himself, I don't necessarily believed believed in the paranormal that's so, one of the, one's opinion yeah so he went to the winchester mystery house to try to debunk the whole situation however for one i've rasped in terms of documented reports houdini left unable to state that the winchester mystery house was in fact a hoax but rather claimed it was a mystery house of sorts. Then jumping to the 1960s, the street that the home was located on was renamed Winchester Boulevard. 
For those who are wondering about visiting the Winchester Mystery House, people can buy tickets for various tours, such as the Daily Estate Tour, which seems to range from $19.99 to $41.99. I'm assuming that's in USD, American dollars, as well as participate in the Jack-O-Lantern Trail, uh, or there is the axe throwing. You could do that if you choose to do so. Um, and there's also apparently an escape room, which I think is a nod to Harry Houdini. Like, I think it's called Houdini's Escape Room or something of that nature. So there's a lot to do on the property. They, they're they definitely opening... Taking advantage of it. Yeah, they're definitely opening up opportunities to make sure that the house will be fully funded for the rest of its life, so to speak. Now, when people are there, are they saying they encounter things? Well, we were, we're about to get to it, so just hold your horses. Okay, bye. So, as mentioned previously, Sarah supposedly dabbled in spiritualism on a more regular basis to the point where she supposedly had a seance room. Because of this, some people believe that Sarah may have opened portals inside the home or at least within that room without being able to close it before her death. Although we cannot confirm or deny that this is the case, not that we would probably want to do so anyways some seem to point out the fact that sarah was doing her own seances as a part of the reason why the home is so active as it is reported today i'm going to quickly spit out some of the reported occurrences that seem to occur while visiting the winchester mystery house as a whole and buckle up because there is quite a bit i'm excited People have reported feeling dizzy in certain parts of the home more so than others. Former staff claim that there is a random alarm that will sporadically go off in the evening. However, no one knows where it is coming from and no one knows its purpose. According to an ABC7 News article, one of the staff's guard dogs supposedly refused to go down one particular hallway every night. Some of our paranormal enthusiasts that are listening may know that animals are supposedly more susceptible to paranormal phenomena than humans, which makes this even more creepy. One former staff named Debbie claimed that she felt a hand move across her head while she was on the phone with her sister, yet no one was around her to do as such. People claim to hear footsteps shuffling to and from Sarah's former bedroom. There have been also claims of an apparition of a supposed former worker named Clyde pushing a wheelbarrow in the basement, however, has never been identified as a former staff member. Another reported potential paranormal incident occurred in a former sealed room within the home, in which I'm going to read a direct quote from the Patch.com article by B. Carnes to explain what happened. So, quote, the 1906 earthquake that destroyed San Francisco also caused serious damage to Mrs. Winchester's house. In fact, she was trapped in a room until her workers were able to set her free. Deeply shaken by her experience, Mrs. Winchester had the room in which she was trapped in sealed. It stayed that way until 2016 when the room was opened and added to the tours. On one of those tours, a guide gathered participants in the room to explain the history and point out the objects found inside more than a hundred years after being sealed. The guide heard a loud sigh in the hallway and went outside to bring in the straggler. She didn't find any tourists, but did see a small ghostly form gliding around the corner. The guide quickly followed, but she didn't see anyone and heard another sigh, end quote. So are we aware that if anything happened in the room with her while she was locked in for a bit or just that she was stuck in there during the 
she was just stuck in there during the post earthquake. Yeah, she was just stuck in there. I don't know if anything happened. I don't know if any ghosties kind of came out and were bothering her or what have you. We just, all we know is that she was stuck in there. And then after she was rescued, I'm sure probably traumatized and not wanting to deal with the room anymore. She wanted it sealed up. I gotcha, gotcha. People claim to see a female appearing apparition which supposedly looks eerily similar to sarah around the home in the former seance room also known as the blue room people claim to hear random organ music feel cold spots and claim that their electronics batteries drain randomly even if they're fully charged other reports claim that people can hear screws being unscrewed and dropped to the floor. However, when they go investigate where they heard the sound from, nothing is there. And speaking of hearing things, the sound of someone heavily breathing that isn't accounted for has been heard randomly throughout the house. So you might be with somebody or alone in a room and all you hear is what sounds to be somebody else in the room breathing really heavily and i can imagine you know if you're with someone you look over and you're like hey like stop breathing so loudly and then that person you know might reply i'm not breathing loudly and then you just, oh yeah creepy it just gives me the ooky spooky vibes for sure yeah if you're standing there and you feel that or like hear that in the background you're just like let's leave right now exactly and there have been of course reports of people claiming to see shadow figures all across the home with all this being said and using the winchester mystery house website as reference it doesn't appear as if any of the paranormal activity is malevolent in nature nor does it appear to be any kind of like poltergeist activity or anything demonic of sorts so at least even though this is obviously very creepy and spooky at least we know it's nothing outwardly evil yeah like it just kind of seems that people are just like coming and chilling and just kind of doing a little bit of haunting and just want to hang around but nothing super crazy to kind of summarize this whole experience that we're we're having here right now the house itself and the way it was built is fairly peculiar but what is more peculiar is the amount of lore surrounding it many people have spent years trying to figure out why the house was built the way it was and who sarah really was when she lived there we have to remember that sarah probably had her own reasons to build the home the way she did which we may never know that reason or the true reason. It may be due to grief. Maybe it was just her form of creativity or maybe it was her trying to deflect spirits from harming her and those around her. Whatever the reason is, there seems to be some unknowns when it comes to the Winchester Mystery House. What I do know is that this place is definitely on my bucket list to travel to. And if you're listening and you've been to the Winchester Mystery House, please send us your experiences as we would love to hear them. And what I would love to tell you right this very second is my resources. So shout out to the Winchester Mystery House website, the Find a Grave page on Sarah Lockwood Pardee Winchester, the Find a Grave website page on Annie Pardee Winchester, which is created by user Grave Addiction, the Find a Grave page on Oliver Fisher Winchester, Richard Allen Wagner's website, www.thetruthaboutsarahwinchester.com, the All That's Interesting article, Who Was Sarah Winchester? The Story of the Troubled Woman by Behind the Winchester Mystery House by Katie Serena. The www. The great www. In 2000, in 2013 dollars.com website. Classic. 
Classic. The San Jose Mercury News article, One Less Mystery, Two Prominent Families Own San Jose Mystery House, which was published on April 26, 1997. The YouTube video, Three Horrifying Cases of Ghosts and Demons, uploaded by BuzzFeed Unsolved Network on October 27, 2016. The ABC 7 News article from the archive, Ernie, Debbie, and Their Ghosts at the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose in 1983 by Steve Davis and Justin Mendoza on October 29th, 2020, and the Patch website article, Five Spooky Tales About the Famous Winchester Mystery House by B. Carnes on October 11th, 2017. And I'm just going to do a quick little shout out to our buddies at the Reddit on Wiki Podcast, as they also recently covered the Winchester Mystery House. I listened to it. It was hilarious so you can go stream reddit on wiki as well as the complicit podcast wherever you stream weird distractions and speaking of streaming us christy can you fill these people in on where they can support the show how they can contact us and all that good stuff yes segue to me and my stuff fun stuff and great sources (laughs) so where you guys can find us on we are pretty much on a variety of different platforms but any podcast platform you listen to and specifically apple podcasts if you listen on apple please go and give us some stars give us some ratings give a review any that's lovely also spotify google and again many more just search for us you can also support us as our via media platforms tiktok twitter facebook and instagram again just searching weird distractions podcast looking for more weird distractions because you enjoy us so much and i hope you would do i would tell you to go over to our patreon page we have two tiers of patreons available gives you some bonus content, give you some stickers, some behind the scenes footage. Highly recommend. Go check it out. Probably sign up. Would be great. Want to shout out our current members, Tom, Bailey, and Angela. As you guys always know, we always love you, enjoy you, and hope you love our content. We love you. That is my Britney Spears impersonation. A little out of tone. <laughs> Too always. And I'm going to stop singing, and I'm going to continue. Um, if you want to help out the show some more, other than Patreon, uh, we, we would say you go over to buy me a coffee. You guys can give us a one-time pledge of any amount just to show some support in that way as well. Also, go on to Redbubble. We have lots of merch on there. Search us. You can buy up lots of goodies. Halloween's coming soon, so what a great reason to get some spooky stuff. Furthermore, we are doing our Listener Disruptions episodes are hoping to get some more out. We have one currently out from June 13th. So we just need some more content from you guys to get some more of that good stuff out there to you. So please send in your stories, anything small, large, weird, not weird, spooky, not spooky, to Weird Distractions podcast at outlook.com. And don't forget, we are nearing the end of spooky season. We do have one more midweek mini spook coming. Oh no, I'm lying. We actually have two more midweek mini spooks coming out and we have a special October secret super awesome creepy thing that we're gonna do for Halloween so stay tuned the best way to stay tuned is if you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and I think that's it for today if you need a distraction we got you bye bye Lauren DeMolo vanished without a trace on June 19th. Police called DeMolo's disappearance suspicious. Lauren DeMolo was last seen more than a week ago at her Cape Coral apartment and police believe she's in danger.
Where is Lauren DeMolo? You don't really hear these stories in such a beautiful town. You feel like your whole world is safe. This is a story that needs to be told because this story needs an ending. Her message said, I don't know what to do. I need to get out of this situation. I need help. Maybe somebody really was after her. And I said, the girl you're supposedly in love with and engaged to has not been home and is missing. And you're not going to be there or go looking for her. I said, I got a big problem with all of this. Unexpected twists and turns fuel a community-wide search to bring Lauren home. But Lauren is still missing, and nobody's talking. I do believe she will be found. I really do believe that justice will be served. A lot of people know exactly what happened. There are so many puzzle pieces here that you can't figure out what happened. Someone is responsible. Someone is complicit. I'm not going to stop until I find out what happened to my daughter. I'm Hillary Wadsworth. And I'm Caitlin Boddy. Join us as we seek to find out what really happened to Lauren DeMolo. Complicit is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.